Welcome back. I'm so glad you have gotten this far. This is episode 4B of Talking Texts with Karina and me, Bernadette. Before we start, please let me point something out. In this episode, we sometimes use the term target frame. I'm afraid this is not the correct term. The correct term is target population. Please bear that in mind. Great. And now, on with the show. Talking Talking texts. Talking texts. In this section, we are going to deal with three concepts of error introduced in the text, namely total survey error, observational error, and non-observational error. We will also look at the terms overcoverage and undercoverage. And last but not least, frame data, interview data, target population, sample frame, and sample. Now, if you think about conducting a survey in order to collect data, you first need to think about what you wish to find out and what data you wish to collect. In inferential statistics, scientists gather data from small groups to draw conclusions about larger groups. In contrast to descriptive statistics, where you use your measurements to find out about trends and correlations. In inferential statistics, there are different points where you can influence how precisely the results will reflect what you wish to measure. The results you get may vary depending on what your research subject is. And they may vary depending on the method you choose to collect your data. For example, if your questionnaire is self-administered, that means that you fill in a form on your own. If your questionnaire is um, filled in via telephone with an interviewer, or if it is a face-to-face interviewer, That means that there's an interviewer present to ask questions. This also means that you can have a look at different parts of the study where error can occur, and you can try to adjust your study design and mode of data collection in order to make your results more representative. Conducting a study is often a compromise of time and cost versus precision and feasibility. The amount of error that we encounter in a study is summarized in the framework of total survey error, so keep this term in mind. In each study, there are different kinds of error that can and most likely will occur. Two very important types of error that can occur are observational error and non-observational error. In each of these types, the error can be systematic, which is also called biased, or the error can be varied. Now, let's have a look at observational error. There is another term for observational error that is also used in the text. This term is measurement error. Measurement error and observational error are synonyms. I found this useful because it helped me to understand the concept of observational error. What it means is that this belongs to all the aspects that you actually measure, but where the measurement does not produce results that are representative, hence the synonym. Observational error can occur when you ask people questions. There are different ways 
in which this may go wrong. The question might be formulated in a way that is too complicated for some people to understand. Therefore, only some respondents will understand the questions correctly. Other respondents will misunderstand the questions and answer in the wrong way. We cannot predict who will be able to understand and answer precisely. This will lead to variance in error. Another way error of observation can occur is when questions deal with a sensitive subject. This means that they are associated with socially desirable or undesirable factors. Here, there is a tendency for bias, especially when the survey is not self-administered. For instance, people have a tendency to under-report when it comes to recreational drug consumption. In this case, the observational error is biased. One part of the study where errors of observation can occur is the questionnaire. And here, the questions, the interviewer and the respondents are important factors. Now, what is non-observational error? How clever of you to ask. <laughs> Those types of error, non-observational error, occur whenever you do not even obtain data. Let's say you wish to learn about people's attitude concerning economic development. Your target group are Germans aged 21 to 39. According to the demographic profile of Germany, there are 19.5 million people of that age group. You ask the biggest telecommunication society for landline numbers from people in that age group. Now, in that age group, not everyone has a landline number. Therefore, your sample frame does not adequately represent your target frame. If calling landline numbers is the only way of conducting the interviews, the samples you take from your sample frame will lead to non-observational error. This will change your results because your sample frame has over-coverage of those persons who have a landline and under-coverage of those who do not have a landline connection. So this basically means there is some error in your sample frame in contrast to your target frame. If you then decide to go with this imperfection and conduct the survey, you take your sample frame and choose samples from it. Yeah, and some of the samples will only answer some of the questions, and some will not provide any answers at all. This is called non-response. And also the frame data, which you as a researcher already know from the phone company, such as age or phone number or address, are present. The questions from the questionnaire are not answered. This means that you have non-observational error, when there is no data you can observe or evaluate. Non-observational error occurs when you have undercoverage of a group or when the responses you get from your sample frame are missing or incomplete. And this will inevitably occur whenever your sample frame consists of people, not objects. People may refuse, forget or even be unable to participate. Now that we have looked at those different concepts, let's have a look at one of the tasks from the text. Mm -hmm. 
we are going to deal with task 1a, b and c from chapter 2. You'll find this task on page 65. It is a statistical problem that is formulated as a text. And this usually means that you'll first have to filter through the text in order to isolate the relevant information. To make things easier, we have already done this. Haha! <laughs> but before we start, there are a couple of things you'll need to know. First of all, PDA is short for Personal Digital Assistant. This is a BlackBerry or some similar device. Second, ISP is short for Internet Service Provider. Third, the information will seem strange, but you need to consider that this is a bit dated as the time of the survey is 2002. In 2002, Internet at Home was not as widely spread as it is in 2021, which is when we are recording this podcast. In addition... People also used different devices. Smartphones didn't exist, and mobile phones were basically used for short text messages, phone calls, and playing Snake or Space Invaders, for those of you who remember. Now let's come to the necessary information. We start with a newspaper which announces that the sales of personal digital assistants, such as a BlackBerry, have increased about 10%. Laptop and desktop computer sales have neither risen nor sunk. This claim is based on an online survey that was sent out using email addresses from the five largest internet service providers in the US. The survey was conducted via email. That means that it was self-administered. It took place over a six-week period in 2002 from May 1st onwards. All in all, there were 126,000 respondents. The overall response rate was 13%. And that means that the sampling frame was approximately 1 million. To be precise, all in all, 970,000. From those 126,000 respondents, 12,000, that is 9.8%, said that they had bought a new personal digital assistant. Remember, BlackBerry. In question 1a, you are asked who the target population is. The last sentence in the text of the task is, and I quote, assume that the authors of this study wanted to infer something about expected purchases of US adults, meaning US adults 18 years and older. Now, the sample frame only consists of subscribers to the five largest American internet service providers. Remember, far less people had internet at home in 2002. That means those who use internet at home are the sample frame, and those who do not use it at home are omitted. We can definitely say that there's undercoverage in the sample frame, now let's come to task 1b and 1c, which we will deal with in one go. In task 1b, you are asked for three types of error and in how far they happen in this specific survey. In task 1c, you are asked to make suggestions how to minimize those errors without changing the mode or time frame of this survey. We will describe each error and present our suggestion. Okay, so the first type of error is coverage error. 
Coverage error occurs when the sample frame does not represent all parts of the target population. In this study, the sample frame is subscribers to the five largest internet service providers of the US. Therefore, people who typically decide for services that are less mainstream will not be represented, or people who do not use any internet services at home. Our suggestion is to take the samples not only from large internet providers, but also from smaller internet service providers and from email service providers. You do not have to have internet at home to have an email address. The second type of error is non-response error. It emerges when there is a gap between the data you receive from the respondents and the overall data. This happens when the data for the sample is not fully provided. For example, when persons cannot be reached or refuse to answer. The response rate for this study was 13%, which means that roughly one out of 10 persons participated. The potential participants were contacted via email. Emails are often discarded or not opened if the sender is unknown. If the non-response rate is very high, then overestimation could be significant. A response rate of 13% suggests that those who answered had some kind of motivation. Therefore, I assume that this type of error is highly likely and that there might be some response bias involved. For why would someone do a survey on purchasing a certain good if they had not at least considered buying it? That's true, and that's yeah. why we would like to suggest the following measurement to increase the response rate and decrease the bias. You could send out several emails and remind people, and you could do more test runs with a questionnaire. Another idea is advertise for the survey so that people read about it and wish to participate. And you could also get the internet service provider to send out the survey in order to make it more likely that people open the email. Yeah. Yeah. The third and last type of error is measurement error. And this refers to a distorted result in the data you get. This happens because the sample data differs from the data that resulted in measurement. Do you remember when we talked about drug abuse that people tend to under-report drug abuse. Now, let's assume you can measure drug abuse in the water of the sewage system, and then people report on it, and there's a difference. That qualifies as measurement error. Okay, now let's return to where we ended. Okay, so measurement error happens when there's a gap between the data you measure and the data you should have measured. As already implied above, the motivation of those respondents is very likely to hinge on the fact that they at least considered buying the digital devices. Therefore, measurement error and response bias are very likely to occur. And that's why we suggest including some incentive like a price or voucher in order to motivate those who didn't consider buying a personal digital assistant to fill in the questionnaire. So we really hope that those answers helped you. And you'll find these solutions on the webpage if you go to this episode. And we'll provide a link in the show notes. Let's briefly sum up what we've talked about in this episode. First, 
This text is relevant because by looking at where error can occur in surveys, it tells you how to look at studies in order to know if you consider them valid or not. It may also help you design and adjust studies to minimize certain types of error. We also looked at different kinds of error, namely errors of observation, which happen when you measure things the wrong way. They may occur with a response, questions or with the interviewer. And errors of non-observation, which have to do with everything that you cannot measure because you don't see it, like coverage, sampling and non-response. We also talked about the meaning of inference and the beauty of looking at error not as a mistake, but as part of the system. If you like this episode, subscribe to the podcast and visit the webpage www.talkingtext.de. Talking text as one word and de for Germany. Thank you for listening. And tune in next time. Bye. Bye. Talking, Talking text. Talking, Talking text. Talking text. Talking text. Talking text. Talking text. Talking text.